Everybody Counts. Shalom and welcome to the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations weekly Torah commentary series. I'm Rachel Wolf from Congregation Beth Messiah in Cincinnati, Ohio. This week we're discussing Parashat Naso, Numbers 421 through 789. The Haftorah portion is Judges 13, 2-25. Naso means lift up. It is the opening command of this portion. Lift up the head of the sons of Gershon, a Levitical family. Lift up the head is the Hebrew idiom that means to count. Everyone gets counted in numbers, and everyone counts. Many people skip over this portion with long lists of names and details, but this detailed ancient history should fascinate us. Here, the world of our ancestors is miraculously preserved for us. Tabernacle transport, a priestly duty. In our last portion, Bamidbar, Moses and Aaron counted all the firstborn and the men of fighting age from every tribe, and then counted the priests and the Levites. Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, marks a significant turning point in the history of the Israelites. For over a year, they have been camped at Sinai, focusing on all of God's instructions for building the Mishkan, the tabernacle. It is now the time to pick up and go. One of the most important parts of breaking camp and moving on toward the land of their inheritance is how to transport the holy Mishkan and all of its vessels. God explains to Moses and Aaron precisely how to do this. He divides the jobs between the three main Levitical families. They are to carefully carry the vessels and utensils of the sanctuary wrapped in the skins and cloths itemized in chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. The travel responsibilities of the sons of Kohat are detailed in last week's portion. In this week's portion, starting in 421, the Lord explains how and what the sons of Gershon and the sons of Merari are to pack and carry. This is a special calling from the Lord, an awesome responsibility. For all three Levitical family groups, Those who are to do this important work of transporting the Mishkan are mature men. They are counted from age 30 to age 50. Compare that with the fighting men, counted from age 20, and the firstborn, counted from age one month. Everyone is counted. Every Israelite is important to the whole people. Each one has a particular place and calling. After all this counting and organizing for transporting the Mishkan, Numbers 6 details the laws of the Nazarite vow. The Nazarite vow is another type of special calling from the Lord. The Nazarite offering initiates a time of special dedication or separation to the Lord for the one bringing the offering. Generally, this was a temporary commitment, sometimes voluntary, sometimes commanded, for a set time period. In certain rare cases, it was a lifelong calling, like the priestly calling. The Haftor reading shows the Nazarite vow in action. Judges 13 tells of Samson's calling to be a lifelong Nazarite. Samson was called to save his people from the Philistines. For this, he needed to be specially separated unto God. Two important characters in the apostolic writings also took Nazarite vows, Yochanan and Paul. There are quite a number of similarities between Samson and Yochanan, John, the cousin of Yeshua. 
Compare Judges 13 and Luke 1. 1. Their births were at a time of great turmoil for Israel. See Judges 13.1 and Luke 1.5. 2. They are both miraculously born to barren older women. See Judges 13.3 and Luke 1.7. 3. Their miraculous births are announced quite unexpectedly by an angel of the Lord. Judges 13.3 and Luke 1.11. They are both called Nazarites from birth. Judges 13.5 Luke 1, 15-17. They are both raised up by the sovereign God to deliver his covenant people from their enemies. Judges 13, 5 and Luke 1, 17. 6. Though the Nazarite vow is usually temporary, both Yochanan and Samson were called to be lifelong Nazarites. Judges 13, 3-5 and Luke 1, 15. They are both filled with the Spirit of God in an unusual way. Judges 13.25, Luke 1.15b. And 8. Their birth miracles are accompanied by an offering being accepted by heaven in an unusual way. Judges 13.19-20 and Luke 1.8-11. The incense offering, by the way, in Luke, represents the prayer of the people for deliverance. The barren woman, instrument of God's deliverance. But the special calling of these set-apart Nazarites did not start with them. It starts with their mothers. The Bible speaks a lot about men, but it also recognizes that women count too. Jewish tradition understands God as working within certain repeated themes in Israel's history. One of these repeated themes is God's honoring and blessing of a barren woman to conceive a miraculous son whose birth will be instrumental in bringing Israel into complete deliverance and redemption. Rather than not counting, as many today understand the Bible's view of women, these women were highly honored and esteemed. We see this honor bestowed on Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Hannah, Manoah's unnamed wife, Elizabeth, and Miriam, Yeshua's mother. In each case, these women are greatly honored by God. In the songs of both Hannah and Miriam in 1 Samuel 2 and in Luke 1, 46 and following, we see that they understood their pregnancy and the life of their sons to be much more than personal. They each see in powerful terms their pregnancy as their active participation in God's deliverance of Israel. Long hair is not just for hippies. The other lesser-known apostolic Nazarite vow is the one apparently taken by Paul. This is not explicitly stated, so it is somewhat speculative, but it seems like the best explanation for a little-noticed event in Paul's life. This is from Acts 18.18. So Paul still remained in Corinth for a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at Centra, Centria, for he had taken a vow. Now, number six, as I said, outlines the laws of the Nazarite, the Nazir. The Hebrew Nazir means dedicated or consecrated. This word is also used of the grapevines given over and not harvested during the sabbatical year, as we see in Leviticus 25.5. In addition to staying away from fermented drinks and from corpse contamination, there is one more prohibition for the Nazir. All the days of the vow of his separation, 
no razor shall come upon his head. He shall let the locks of his hair on his head grow. Number 6-5. And then it continues. When the days of his separation are fulfilled, he shall be brought to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and he shall present his offering to the Lord. Then the Nazarite shall shave his consecrated head at the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and shall take the hair from his consecrated head and put it on the fire, which is under the sacrifice of the shalom, or the peace offering. Centria, in Acts 18.18, was the easternmost port city of the large province of Corinth, located right on the Aegean Sea. Just before setting sail for Syria, it seems Paul completed his Nazarite vow. Most likely, he had his head shaved in a simple ceremony at the local synagogue at Centria, because he was not able to get to the temple in Jerusalem to bring the required offerings. Perhaps we will one day find out the reason Paul apparently took a Nazarite vow. Whether packing and carrying the sacred objects for the sanctuary, setting oneself apart for a devoted sabbatical time, or willingly carrying a child to be born for Israel's salvation, responding to God's call involves holy service with serious consequences. Even natural processes like childbirth can become the key to new chapters in God's eternal redemptive purposes when we, like Sarah, Hannah, or Miriam, give ourselves over to the service of God. As Miriam proclaims, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. Luke one forty nine to 50 Don't forget, everybody counts. This is Rachel Wolf signing off and wishing you Shabbat Shalom. For more commentaries like this one, visit umjc.org slash commentaries.